From FasterMind.co, this is Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. I'm Dane Sanders. Converge is a show about that space, that tension between the stuff you make and making money or something valuable from your stuff. The show lives where creativity and business collide, giving all of us the opportunity to rethink how we work and live in the digital economy. I had this deficiency or this gap of knowledge or this gap in understanding, and they took the time to help me go from point A to point B, and forever I have a fondness and trust for that person. And that's the kind of relationship that I'm able to create with my subscribers with this kind of automation where I can say, well, hey, you are a beginner and I sell an intermediate product. So I'm going to help you bridge the gap between A and B. When I think about the most important relationships of my life, my marriage, my kids, my best friends, even my neighbors, one thing that I've noticed over and over and over again is that the quality of those relationships is in direct proportion to my communication or lack thereof with those people. (laughs) And in business, it's no different, whether it's communicating within our team or with business partners or with our customers, it is just critical that we get our communication right. And in this digital age that we're in, how we communicate with email in particular is powerful. It can be powerfully bad. It can be powerfully great. And it's easier to slip to the to the negative side. But to get the, the, the great kind of email communication, when you do that, it's pretty magical. Well, my guest today is Daryl Vesterfeld, and he works at ConvertKit with Nathan Berry. And they have done just an extraordinary job of creating a vehicle for people to communicate digitally that is both super affordable, but also super effective. And what I especially like about these guys is they're not really interested in just creating an email blaster or charging a bunch of money because everyone needs a service. What they've done is they've, they've cared about their own customers really well. They're modeling what they want their customers to do with their customers, and they've created a really special tool. So the reason we have Daryl on today is to talk a little bit about ConvertKit, but far more than that, we're going to talk about what email was made to do in the first place. The timing of this is perfect, by the way. It's about the 20th year anniversary, give or take a few weeks, of the seminal work of Seth Godin called Permission Marketing. And if you don't know Seth Godin, not only is uh, is he super meaningful to me and my own journey, but Seth is somebody who was one of the first to suggest the idea that we shouldn't spam people, that we should communicate them in a way that is meaningful for them, not just for us. And in the spirit of that conversation, in the spirit of wanting to communicate better with the people that I care deeply about, we thought this would be a fantastic way to end season two of Converge the Business of Creativity. I think you're going to love this episode. Daryl Vesterveld, welcome to Converge. Thanks, man. I'm so pumped to be here. We are so pumped to have you, man. It's so funny. We've been using ConvertKit as a company here at FasterMind for the better part of this year. And we took the usual path, as many folks do. They they wander into like, oh, it's you know, emailing people out of my inbox isn't working the way <laughs> that I would prefer. <laughs> and then, you know, making the leap to some, I don't need to name companies, but some you know, various kind of entry level email blasters and then kind of upgraded to a couple and seeing people online using various sources. And then 
I ran into Nathan Barry. He and I were speaking at Pioneer Nation a couple of years ago and just kind of got introduced to what is ConvertKit. And because of friendships with folks like Chase Reeves and others, it just sounded like, wow, this is a, a really transparent, clear, non-trickery approach to just trying to communicate well. And then uh, we made the leap into your your product and we couldn't be more happy. We're kind of blown away at the elegance of what you guys have created. But talk a little bit about your relationship to ConvertKit and why in the world are you in the email game? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Dane. I personally got introduced into email marketing when I was trying to sell courses about five years ago. I had built this amazing course. I'd spent three months building the content for it. And I launched it, wrote a blog post about it, shared about it on Facebook and Twitter and all these social media platforms. And I made zero sales. <laughs> and I was like, I was devastated. I actually went that day after I sold no courses. I went that day and applied to work as a bartender at a restaurant because I just didn't have any money. And I thought like this, you know, selling this course was going to be the, the way that I could make my first entrance into the entrepreneurial world. Uh, I had been doing service work in the past and I wanted to kind of transition out of that. And I just couldn't make it work. Like I didn't sell any courses. All that work was just kind of down the drain. But I got a call from a friend and he was like, hey man, how'd the launch go? And I was just devastated. He was like, well, how big was your email list? And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and so he kind of helped me. He helped me build an email list. We relaunched the course and I started earning revenue for myself. Uh, and then started helping some of the service clients that I was working with use email to increase the revenue from things that they were teaching, things that they were selling, books they were selling, and courses, etc. So that's where I really got into email marketing. And then I went all in because I saw such a stark contrast from what I was doing before with social media and with my blog and the RSS feed from that blog to having a direct connection to my audience through email. And I just saw a huge difference. I saw a huge difference in the intimacy I could have with that subscriber, the connection I could have with that subscriber, and the revenue that was associated with an email subscriber versus a Twitter follower or Facebook like or things like that. So I was all in on email. And I had a similar path to you. I was on just kind of a general email blast solution uh, where I could just send out email blast to everybody on my list. Then a few years after that, I moved to a program called Infusionsoft. And it's a, an incredibly powerful tool uh, I have tons of friends who use it and love it. But for me, it was just really complicated. And I remember the same kind of scenario. I'd do a big launch and something would break. And I would lose a lot of money because something would break or because it was so complex. I didn't know how to set it up correctly in the first place. And it was just a nightmare. So I met Nathan Barry. It was actually a Skype conversation was our first uh, introduction to each other. A mutual friend of ours, Dane, Brian Harris, connected us. And Brian was like, hey, you should talk to Nathan because... Uh, he actually wanted me to have Nathan as a as a client because at the time I was helping people like Nathan sell their courses. He's like, you should talk to Nathan. He started ConvertKit. He's not focusing on his course anymore. By the time that conversation was over, Nathan was not a client of mine, but I was a customer of ConvertKit. He had sold me on ConvertKit because it was a tool that had the power of Infusionsoft in my mind, but it was easier to use than some of the beginner tools that I had before. So I moved myself, my company, all of my clients off of things like Infusionsoft and other you know, really complicated, complex tools onto ConvertKit. So I was a top affiliate for ConvertKit. And then Nathan and my relationship kind of blossomed over the next few months. We, we hung out at here in Nashville. He came to town for a little bit at WDS. And then he and I were on a, actually a, a mastermind retreat together in Breckenridge, Colorado. And he was like, hey, you should come work for ConvertKit. And I said, that's a great idea. 
So we joined forces then, and I, I joined the ConvertKit team just about a year ago. Hmm. Well, and it's been an amazing year. I mean, some of the growth is extraordinary. I think, if I remember correctly, something over, like you just hit 10,000 customers. And, yeah, 10,000 customers. And grew like 6x in one year. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a wild ride, man. And I think it's, it's so fun to be a part of something like this from the ground up for many reasons, because we have 10,000 people like you guys who are doing amazing things. So I, I think I was saying this to you earlier, is I get to hang out with some of the coolest people on the internet who are creating awesome products, awesome content, who are doing life-changing things for themselves and for their readership and their subscribers. So it's a lot of fun to see that grow from you know, about 2,000 customers to 10,000 customers in a year because it's just that many more people doing really cool stuff. Well, and you have an amazing tool. And it's funny you mentioned Infusionsoft. I uh, I won't spend too much time here. I don't know those folks. Uh, I've talked to them several times over the years. And not only are, is, it a, is it a pretty robust solution, but it's also a not inexpensive solution. And I think for folks that, like folks like us, as we've been, you know, wading ourselves into the pool of trying to, to communicate with our customers and potential customers in a way that's meaningful for them, that lands well for them, that is valuable to them. We just realized that like the, the dream of automation at our level, that just felt like it felt like a, 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 the wrong tool for the job when what we really just wanted to do was find a way to reduce friction and have as much as we could scalable communications with people in a meaningful way. And I think that's what drew me into the conversation. And that, that in my mind could be a good, I'd like to pivot on that because more than just kind of the tool that people choose to use, I'd like just to talk a little bit about the conversation that's being had between people who are making things and are putting that to market in a way that other people could share, enjoy, purchase, get benefit from. Because it just seems like there's people who do this really poorly and there's people who do it really well. And and just to play the role for a second of of the recipient. I mean, it's Christmas time. We just got through Giving Tuesday in the nonprofit world. We just got through Black Friday in the uh, for-profit world. And all of it are email communications that are trying to persuade me to pay attention and and purchase. And it's really, having just been in, in this space for the last few years, I've just been struck at how in that disparity of people who do it well and do it poorly, it's weird. It's almost like direct mail. When I get mail in my mailbox at home, I have like two piles, right? Like I have the pile that are definitely getting thrown away. And then I have this smaller pile of like, I'm so glad I got these. Like I, it, it's just, there's just a different way of me relating with it as a customer. And I'm just wondering if you could talk about that. And, and in particular, uh, in your situation, I mean, when you created your courses, you weren't getting sales and then you did, it's really tempting from the outside looking in to hear success stories around email marketing as like, oh man, that's amazing for other people. Like I'll never get there. And what I don't want to do is is like burn my funeral list where no one likes me anymore because I emailed them too much. And at the same time, I really do love what I'm making and I want to share it with more people. How do I get it out there? So there's a long-winded preamble. Just, I just, I'd love to hear you just talk a little bit about some of those dynamics of communicating well with the people that you're wanting to help with your product. I love some of the things you said there. The first thing I want to say is that email is just a different medium that we use to connect with people, right? So I think oftentimes we get really, like we make it more complicated in our minds than it has to be. Marketing has been happening for a very long time. And the mediums have just changed over the years. So one thing you mentioned was the mail that I get in my mailbox. I have a pile that I know is for sure junk and then a pile that I have to 
open up and go through myself. I think that email marketing kind of mirrored that a little bit. A lot of people called it the email newsletter for a long time. And basically what they would do is they would send an email blast to everybody on their email list and talk to them all the same way. Whether that person was on the email list for two hours or for two years, they would get the exact same kind of communication. So that's like me getting a message in my mailbox or a letter in my mailbox that says to such and such name or current residence. You know, like that's that's totally not, I can tell that they don't know me. They don't care about me. They just want me to buy whatever it is that they're, you know, marketing on that little pamphlet that's in my, my mailbox. What's happened in the last few years, Dane, is the idea of automation and segmentation, two things that you kind of brought up in that preamble. What that allows me to do is communicate to my subscriber based on the relationship that they have with me or my brand. And I think that's a huge growth for us to be able to communicate to people more one-on-one. And when I first heard the idea of automation, I was honestly really resistant to it because when I heard automation, I thought that sounds really robotic and clinical. And that's the exact opposite of kind of relationship I want to have with somebody who is a potential customer of mine, a blog subscriber, an email subscriber. I don't want to have a robotic relationship with them. And so I was resistant for, for many years because I really wanted to have a personal relationship. And the reality is I could have a personal relationship, but I was really limited. Like I could only have a personal relationship with a handful of people on my email list. And if you think about it, like if I have 200 people on an email list, that's a lot of people. Like for a second, imagine those 200 people sitting in a room. That's a, that's a lot of people. So imagine like I have anxiety just thinking about having a personal relationship with those 200 people. Like, how could I ever possibly think I could do that in an email setting, you know? So things like automation and segmentation have allowed us to take things to a more, just a more mature marketing level, especially when it comes to email. And the reason I love that, Dane, so much is because now I can, with the power of the technology that we have, I can learn so much about my customer without them having to maybe sit down and fill out a survey or without me having to sit down and interview them. So with different behaviors that they have either on my website, by the different forms that they're filling out to opt in for my email list or different links that they're clicking within my emails, I can learn a ton about people automatically and now I can communicate to people where they're at. So I can communicate to people with only the content and the information and the things I talk about that are relevant to them. So it's no more of this to current resident type of communication. And it's, hey, Dane, I know that you're interested in this and here's something very special for you that I've created. And I think that is why email is so important to me is because it allows me to create really deep, really connected relationships with people who are on my email list who are either current customers or potential customers for uh, whatever product I might be selling. You know, the words you're using, I'm struck by. So earlier you said intimacy, connection. Just a moment ago, you're describing things that maturity. One word that I heard is learning about these folks. It's striking to me how those words can, there's a thin line there because, you know, learning could feel like a big brother. Mature could feel like complex and manipulative. I don't want to sound cynical. I, I just want to be honest about how other folks can hear that, right? And I know you come up against these conversations all the time, and especially if, if I think I want to have a, an intimate, connected relationship with somebody, but I want to do it authentically, where it's like, it's not just me wanting to be creepy with them. <laughs> it's me trying to match where they're at and create communications that 
are just welcome, that are well received. They don't, they're not in that creepy camp. They're in the like, oh, I'm so glad that I get to hear this. And I'm not just putting up with it, I'm getting it. Can you just talk a little bit about, because I think there's something in automation and segmentation, just practically speaking, that you can discover what it is that the audience is wanting so that you can speak to them in a way that fits the level of relationship they're committed to, not just the level of relationship I'd like them to be at. Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, but it definitely does. So one thing that we talk about often is helping us understand where people are at. Like you just mentioned, where are people at in relationship to the content I may be creating online? So imagine this scenario, Dane. We have a blog at ConvertKit that talks about email marketing and how to do a better job, grow your subscribers, do automations, maybe sell more products. So there's there are people who are reading our content who don't have an email list yet and who are just getting started. And there are people who are reading our content who have 100,000, 500,000 email subscribers. They've been doing it for years and it's very complex. Well, we have a diverse group of people who are reading the same kind of content. So imagine if I'm a person who hasn't even started my email list yet and I subscribe to the ConvertKit blog. Imagine if I don't have any segmentation, everybody's just grouped into one pool. So we just have one pool of people and I'm communicating to everybody exactly the same. What happens if the content schedule just happens to be an advanced SEO strategy that will get you more subscribers in the next quarter? I'm going to be like, holy cow, I don't even know what advanced SEO means, let alone, like, I don't even have subscribers yet. So I'm going to feel like I don't belong. I'm going to feel like I'm in the wrong place. I'm going to feel like ConvertKit's not the tool for me. So that can be translated to whatever it is that you are writing about. There are going to be people who are coming very beginner stages and people who are coming very advanced, maybe ready to use your tool right away. So with segmentation, there are things that I can do. I can kind of strategically architect this tool to help me understand who it is that I'm talking to. And now if somebody's coming in as a beginner, I can say, hey, here's a trick to get your first 10 subscribers. And that's the first piece of communication they get. And that's content that's relevant to them. It makes them feel like, yep, I signed up for the right email list. I'm in the right place. Daryl knows exactly where I'm at, exactly what I need. I'm going to trust him because he's giving me the information I need in comparison to where I'm at. Then with that same advanced person, I can say, hey, you've been doing this for a long time. Here's an advanced strategy that will help you increase your revenue, increase your subscribers, whatever it might be. So now I'm creating a relationship based on where the person is at, not just making assumptions about them. So that's what creates that kind of intimate connection or that close connection. And people, like, people just want to feel like they belong. And they're in the right place. And that if they have a problem, you're the person that can help them find the solution for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, and, and I appreciate like this probably isn't the scope for us to get into the mechanics of how that segmentation works. And, and by segmentation, all you just really mean is as you're learning information, like an email is getting, uh, there's more information in the email. So tags that are connected to that email are telling you things like, they're kind of more beginner stage. They're um, intermediate. They're, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, I used to teach at a liberal arts college up in Santa Barbara that I loved. It was a great experience, but it was interesting to talk to a freshman versus talking to a junior or a senior. It was like two radically different conversations. But I could tell just by being in their presence, I was segmenting them in my mind because that would kind of orient the conversation we'd get in. But can you just say just a little bit like how... How is it that people go about the segmenting process? Do they do surveys with people? Do they just deliver content and based on their behavior, they're going to fall into certain camps? How, how does that work? 
Yeah, a few different ways. And before I get into that, Dan, I love the idea that you just said of freshmen versus seniors. Uh, and I want to I dive into that in just a second after this. But there's a few different ways that people can do this. And I'll just keep it really kind of simple. Perfect. Is the forms that somebody fills out on your website, that can segment somebody based on the form that they fill out. So maybe you have a form on your site that's connected to a free ebook or a free course that you're giving away. Maybe one of those courses is a beginner level course, and then one of the courses is an advanced level course. So when somebody fills out that form, I can then tag them as beginner. If they fill out the form for the beginner content, I can tag them as advanced when they fill out the form to get the advanced content. So that's one way that people do it. And I can have all kinds of different forms. I can do those forms based on beginner, intermediate, advanced. I can do it based on topics. You know, if, if I write about three or four different topics, I can tag those different topics. So it can happen that way. Another thing is through some onboarding things. So when somebody subscribes to your email list, the first thing you can send to them, uh, this is something that Pat Flynn does from Smart Passive Income, and he's actually written about this quite extensively, is the first email that anybody gets when they subscribe to his email list is basically him asking them a question saying, hey, I want to send you the content that's most relevant to you. Just click on a link that's most relevant to where you're at. And so he'll have three links, a beginner, an intermediate, and advanced link. And what's really cool about the automations within ConvertKit is you click that one link and then it will associate a tag with that person once they click on that link. When they click on that link, then they'll go to a page on somebody's site that gives them content relevant to either the topic or the beginner or advanced kind of stage they may be in in comparison to your content. So I, I love I love that. Super simple. You know, there's just a couple different ways that make it really easy for you to be able to learn more about your audience. And it's really, you know, it doesn't have to be a long survey. You know, it doesn't have to be something where people have to fill out 10 or 15 questions to learn more. What I love about that is it's kind of a, you have a couple routes, like you have the direct route, like, like Pat's, hey, do you want this, this or this? And people can think about what they want. But there's also the indirect route where you're not even burdening the customer to ask themselves what they want. You're just putting things in front of them. And based on what they choose to take, (laughs) they're telling you something. Yeah. And there's just a matter of building content intentionally to go, I want to learn from this, not just I want to create free content to give away or I want to get a, a lead in my pipeline, which which I think is, again, it's kind of an, it speaks to what you said earlier around if you actually want to have intimacy, real connection to learn and to listen, those just become buzzwords unless you're willing to do this kind of setup where you're you're really wanting to take advantage of it, whether it be a direct customer or even a, a business-to-business relationship, you can always be collecting good information. And I'm guessing comparing company A that just kind of talks to everybody generically versus company B, who even if they, in sputters and starts, are trying to get from that freshman to sophomore to junior year, they must be able, if they commit to it, to really take much more ground quicker than the folks that are just kind of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Is that, I mean, it seems intuitive in my mind and it makes sense, but is that actually how it plays out in practice? Yeah. And I love that you keep mentioning, you know, the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior idea here. And oftentimes what happens is we think like if we have a course or a product or a book or something that we may be selling and people aren't buying it, we often can say, well, I just have the wrong audience maybe, or the right people aren't signing up for my email list or Maybe I created the wrong product. Oftentimes, the only missing thing there is they don't have the prerequisite yet for the purchase that you're trying to have them make, right? So now I can think about it in that way. All right, what's the prerequisite somebody might need to have to purchase something from me, whether it's a service or a product? 
to somebody to sign up for coaching with me or somebody to buy a course of mine, what are the prerequisites that people have to have before they make that purchase or they enter that next stage of relationship with me? What I can do is I can find out, like if I find out they're at this first level, well, the prerequisite from that level to that level is this kind of understanding. Now I can be the one that teaches them that, which is going to increase their trust with me because I, I firmly believe that when you teach someone, you earn their trust. So when I'm going to teach them, they're going to move from freshman to sophomore and they can buy a sophomore level product from me because I've helped them meet the prerequisites of whatever it's going to be to enter that relationship, whether it's through a service or a product. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, it's a breakthrough kind of thing that makes sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm madly taking notes. I'm glad that my friends at home are listening and benefiting too. I'm benefiting from this conversation because it just seems compassionate at like to... I'll just speak candidly for myself and my business ventures over the years. I go back and forth between feeling like I'm really onto something and feeling like a total idiot all the time. Like I'm I'm one place or the other. And yet when I think about, again, the college metaphor, I have certain professors who cared about me enough to start with where I was at and met me there and walked me to a new place. And I look back on those and I'm like, they changed my life. Like they literally put me in a position to win in contrast with... Oh, another piece of information where I feel dumb, like another topic that no one prepped me for. And everyone around me seems to know what the hell they're doing, but I don't have an effing clue what I'm doing. Like, I just hate that feeling. I get chills thinking about that feeling that you're just talking about. Like, I literally get chills thinking about somebody feeling like they are winning, you know, yes, like, yes. Oh my right. gosh. Like, cause I had those professors too, those professors. And I look back with in- intense amount of fondness to those people because they helped change my life. Literally, I had this deficiency or this gap of knowledge or this gap in understanding, and they took the time to help me go from point A to point B, and forever I have a fondness and trust for that person. And that's the kind of relationship that I'm able to create with my subscribers with this kind of automation where I can say, well, hey, you are a beginner and I sell an intermediate product. So I'm gonna help you bridge the gap between A and B. Because somebody wouldn't have signed up for my email list if they didn't want to get to point B to begin with. So now I have the opportunity to earn trust for that person by teaching them. And if I teach somebody something and they actually are able to move from point A to point B, they will have that same fondness that we have thinking about these professors that helped us have that kind of understanding. I love that, man. I, I want to be honoring of your time. I'm so grateful that you you joined us today and are you know being a part of our conference coming up here at Go Summit. We're so excited to have you and have folks get a chance to really kind of rub shoulders with you in person. But I, I want to talk just this last section around practically speaking. Let's say people are listening to this and like, yeah, man, I want to go again at this whole email thing, and I I really want to get my head straight about. If this is a medium, as you say, to just communicate all these cool things, if that's kind of the in-between kind of, I'm taking, uh, if I'm, if I'm in London and I want to go from like South Kensington out to Oxford and I have to get on a, on a tube between A and B, that's the medium of the email. Can you talk a little bit, like if you're sitting down having coffee with a friend who's like, Hey, I've been at this for a while and I'm just failing at email or I want to get into this. I think I have a cool thing I wanted to deliver. And I'm thinking about email as the medium to help me do it. Can you just talk about practical initial steps that people would begin to be thinking about if you were that compassionate teacher and had a chance to have coffee with them? So let's make a couple assumptions first. So the first assumption is that 
the person that I'm talking to is selling some sort of service or product. So yes, that's right. They have, they have this type of thing that they're creating and selling already. So the first thing I'm going to say is make sure you have the right tool. Because there are just some tools out there. And Dane, you've experienced this moving from one tool to another. That you just can't do this kind of stuff with. Like you have to get on the train first, right? So like you you can't do this with some tools. So that's why I love things like like I love being a part of the ConvertKit team is ConvertKit is a tool to do that. I won't stick on that too much because I think just what we do speaks for itself and I don't need to, to dive into that. But just make sure you have the right tool first. You have to have a tool that allows you to segment your audience automatically and also allows you to have some of the automation features that will automatically drip out emails to people based on that segmentation. So that's the first step. Just make sure you have the right tool. Because if you're working with the wrong set of tools, like if you have a hammer trying to put a screw into a piece of wood, it's just, it's not going to work very well. Make sure you have the right tools. Well, and just to affirm you on that, and um, I have tried to put screws in with hammers. <laughs> it's not fun. And it's not fun. And it's mainly come out of me being impatient, me being, like, it's so funny. There was uh, this, this pithy little book my mother-in-law had in the bathroom every Thanksgiving, and it was a Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book. And I remember there's this one section where the guy, the guy wrote it. I don't know why I keep remembering this, but he talked about fixing things in their house. And he said, he was describing like, hey, if you if you want to not stress out about fixing little things in your house, let's say you have to get under the sink and fix a pipe. Here's what you do. You lay down a towel, you get into a comfortable position, you get the right tool for the job, and you do one thing at a time. Like, so, I mean, so like fundamentally basic. And I was like, yeah, that's not what I do. I'm like in an awkward position. My back's getting tweaked out. I, <laughs> I was too lazy to go out to the garage and get the right tool. And I'm trying to do it with like a butter knife and a spoon. And I'm like wondering why it's not working. And it, we just make, our, make it so much easier if we just take a little, like not a ton, but a little bit of energy to get the right tool for the job. And that magical feeling like when the wrench fits the nut exactly the way it's supposed to and you go, poof. It just like it works. It's 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 freaking dreamy. So I just want to affirm that that's true. Not just with email. That's true across the board in business. Make your life easier. Get the right tool for the job. So onward. Keep and, going. And so there there are things there like you can try to put a screw into a piece of wood with a hammer, a screwdriver, or a power drill. And you're gonna pay a different amount of money for each of those tools. Maybe you have one already. You don't have another. So there are different levels of those tools. So having the right tool is really going to make a big difference for you when, when thinking about that. So I love that example as well. The second thing I'm going to say is learn how you can teach based on the topic that you talk about. So right now you are selling consulting or coaching or a service that you're doing, whether it's freelancing or you have some sort of product, books, courses, etc. Sometimes people have a hard time learning how I can move people from point A to point B in a learning type understanding about whatever I'm talking about. So the way that I talk to people often is I say, think about yourself in the context of your customer and think about yourself three years ago. What do you know now that you wish you know back then? And that will give you a framework to understand how you can teach your customers for, to go from point A to point B. And so this, this really can go across the board for anything. So for me, email, what are five things that I wish I knew three years ago that I know now that I didn't know back then? And it will help me understand my customer, especially when they're entering my email list without that prerequisite knowledge, right? So they don't know quite yet the things they need to know to feel comfortable to make the purchase of that service or product. I want to get into that person's mind a little bit. So the best way to do that is to think about myself, to just close my eyes with my mind's eye, think about myself years ago, and then to be able to write content. And we often teach about creating a free course. So create some kind of content 
you can package it into a free course and just write five love letters to that younger version of yourself, teaching them how they can learn the things that you know now that you didn't know back then. And that gives them that prerequisite type relationship where you can move them from point A to point B where they're going to feel comfortable to make a purchase from you, whether it's service or product-based. And so just kind of get into that, that mind's eye a little bit, create that. That is the, the first basic steps. One, have the right tool. Second, create some sort of incentive for people to join your email list. And that incentive can be the teaching that can move them from point A to point B that makes them comfortable, that kind of prerequisite content that we were talking about. So those are two really easy steps. After that, you can get a little bit more complex. You can do some advanced onboardings. You can do some segmentation based on topics and all that. But those are two really easy steps that I think anybody could do, especially I've actually seen people create that kind of scenario in in 24, 48 hours because it's actually really easy to set up. And that's a really good starting place for you. And it's going to serve a lot of purposes uh, across the board. So those those are my first steps. Uh, Amazing. Would you say just anecdotally that that works both if I'm selling directly to a customer or trying to sell like business to business? Yes. And I think you just have to, you have to know your customer a little bit. So put yourself into the shoes of your customer a little bit. Most people who I meet in this space, Dane, they're teaching something that they had to overcome themselves or they're selling some sort of service that they've had to overcome themselves. So they had a bad experience with something at one point and they decided to become proficient in this area or they are super passionate about it for some reason. So whatever it is, whether you're selling to a customer, a client or to a business, whether it's product or service based, you can teach somebody to get to the point to feel comfortable making that kind of purchase from you, no matter what space you might be in. Daryl, what a gift to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much that you're going to join us too at Go Summit. And thank you for even just, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've met Nathan a few times, but to him and the whole team, I know you guys are doing so much for so many people. And it's kind of exciting to know, like, you guys are just doing email and you're changing lives, man. Uh, you're, you're really bridging for people. And uh, just thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for all you're doing. We wouldn't have a company like ConvertKit without people like you. So thank you so much as well. This was episode 14, season two of Converge, the business of creativity podcast. Music today provided by Triple Scoop Music, the leading music service for creative professionals. Find the perfect song for your next project at triplescoopmusic.com. Fastermind.co is home base for all things Converge. It's also where you can find exactly what you need to make real change happen. Like ever want to ditch your not so smart smartphone addiction? Knock that out this week. No kidding. Find out more at fastermind.co. Until then, I'm Dane Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.